We have developed speed, but we have shut ourselves in. Machinery that gives abundance has left us in want. We think too much and feel too little. More than machinery, we need humanity. We know the air is unfit to breathe and our food is unfit to eat. As if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. I'm a human being, god damn it! My life has value! You have meddled with the tribal forces of nature! Don't give yourselves to brutes. Men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think, or what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men, with machine minds and machine hearts. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. It is Reality Rants. I am Jason Burmes. And today we are going to be looking at 2024, how it seems like the fix is already in. No, no, no Democratic debates. But instead, I see the opposition party, okay, and really this is all a big global game, okay? I, I, I'm sorry, I'm not a Republican, I'm not a Democrat. I'd like to see debates on both sides. But on the other side of the spectrum, the Democrats, of course, are going to encourage debates. Uh, I would even say probably throw their weight behind uh, several different candidates each time none of them being Trump, by the way, and I'm sure there will be calls to ban Trump from any type of a debate if they even have them. What do I mean if they, they even have them? The Republicans will more than likely have debates, but will they be fractured? In other words, will some of these debates be something in which, you know, a CNN just says, we can't have Donnie T up there. He He's literally Hitler. He's a Nazi. No Donnie T in these debates. And that would uh, leave DeSantis and a, a slew of other people that are well behind him. Uh, Rand Paul is the only person that I can think of that has hinted at running for the presidency that I, I think in, in any meaningful way, shape, or form will be standing up there uh, amongst the other candidates. I mean, you already have Chris Christie saying ludicrous things like he expects to be the nominee. No, no, Chris, you don't. You expect to eat seven hoagie sandwiches every single day on the way to the election. And I'm sorry if that hurts people's feelings that I took a swipe at Christie, but not only is he a terrible politician, uh, his, his physical representation is one of a return of the Jedi 
job of the hut like villain. Like, sorry, buddy. There, there's no, I haven't seen a redeeming quality from Chris Christie. I, I've seen pomposity. I've seen arrogance. I've seen authoritarianism. But when he talks, and especially talking about the election or being a nominee, it reminds me of the, the uber cockiness of somebody like Michael Bloomberg. They're that out of touch. Now, the Democrats don't want any debates. Forget about what I just talked about with the Republicans and the fact that these networks that now control these presidential debates, and they were never supposed to do that. That was never the vehicle. You see, we used to accept the fact that politicians, when they were running for office, they got a thing called equal time. They got a thing called equal time. In other words, you couldn't be a network and give somebody else a bunch of time and then not give the opposition a bunch of time. That's no longer even mentioned or a thing anymore. It's not even a thing because we have to protect democracy. And somehow less voices. Yeah, that, that's how you protect democracy. Not more voices, more debate, less, less voices, less speech. Let's prop up a zombie. Let's prop up a zombie. And I was watching, uh, and I forget the guy's name all the time, but he's running for president and he's doing the rounds. Uh, and he just had that altercation with Don Lemon where that appears to be the last straw. And Don Lemon also on X on CNN. We're going to get into how it's now being reported that Don Lemon and uh, Tucker Carlson have actually hired the same lawyer. And uh, maybe a little more info on what may be behind the Tuckins getting the axe over at Fox. You know, I, I can't, I'm not on the inside, so I couldn't tell you one way or the other, but I feel like, of course, this is narrative management. And there's uh, certain reports out there that are saying that Tuck might get the golden handcuffs. And let's say he wanted to go independent. He signed up for past the election, past the election. Jesse Ventura talked about this when he was hired by MSNBC. He said, yeah, no, they gave me my own show. I think it ran for like a month, month and a half. They they already were paying me, but basically I couldn't do anything for several years because they paid my contract and uh, they had a no, uh, no compete clause. So I couldn't go and do this anywhere else. They've done that to a lot of people. Now, apparently that uh, Tucker has a, a no disparity clause. So in other words, he can't disparage the other party. I don't know if that's true. It's what's being reported. I certainly don't think this was an actual mutual parting of the ways where they just said, you know, enough's enough. We don't want the most popular thing in nightly news and you don't want to be on our network. That totally makes sense. Come on. And still at the same time, unfortunately, you have some people that just continue continue to attack Tucker as controlled opposition, okay? I'll just say this, Tucker, far from perfect, but what will it take? The firing isn't enough? What, what would it take for you to believe somebody isn't controlled opposition and that that somebody made mistakes over the years, started to get it, and then is now talking like he gets it? Where in the past, look, Tuck was a right bastard. I've got Tuck the right bastard clip from MSNBC 
uh, via David Ray Griffin all the way back, I believe, in 2006, where he's just ripping apart the 9-11 truth movement, talking about conspiracy theories, basically, you know, being the mainstream media muppet that so many of those on television and in the news still are. They're still those Muppets. And I've got to give credit where credit is due. And to me, the Tuckins has stepped up to the plate. He's mentioning things like Building 7 in other interviews. He's talking about JFK and 9-11 in the same breath. He's talking about how the JFK assassination had CIA involvement. Really common knowledge for anybody that's actually been watching this stuff, but huge for, uh, you know, a mainstreamer to start talking about. It's a big deal. So we got a slew of clips, but where I want to start is come on now. Come on now. Oprah Winfrey's coy response when asked if she's excited about 80-year-old Joe Biden's plan to run again in 20. 24. I just want to, let me see if we got the clip. Yeah, let's play it. It's good stuff. There she is. She's got a pantsuit on. She's very powerful. Oprah, Oprah, what do you think about Joe Biden running for president again? How important? Is that very important? Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Come on now. Come on now. And here's the disconnect from reality, right? We're gaslit into believing every day. We're told we have to believe every single day that Joe Biden is the most popular president of all time, garnering the most votes ever, ever, ever in this country, period. He's the all-time winner, all right? And then you have to go with the reports now that 70% polled even on the Democratic side, don't want Joe Biden to run. And then he puts out his uh, his reelection campaign ad yesterday. We're going to play it again because it's just so absurd. Now, the guy running, I can't remember what his name is. He, I, I think he's a businessman, an entrepreneur. I've, I'm seeing him everywhere. I'm going to have to start getting his name right. But he's on Gutfeld last night, and he's talking about the permanent state. All right. And he's talking about the managerial class and that's who's behind Biden. And I had quite frankly, I hadn't heard anybody out there uh, talking about the Biden administration on a mainstream level as in depth to the reality of what we have, which is a, a puppet that is going to do the bidding of the party. Now, I know there's a lot of people out there that say, this is Obama's third term. It's Obama's third term. Now, in a certain way and aspect, it kind of is because Obama was really a vessel for other people's interests. He was a propped up puppet, but a propped up puppet that had been groomed for this position really more than likely his whole life you see the connections to his mother and who they say is his father to the kissinger institute 
you see that there was a revamping of Barry Sotero's image into the Barack star almost immediately as he went into his collegiate career. Talk to anybody he went to high school with. His name was Barry Sotero. Let me repeat that. His name was Barry Sotero. And you don't change your name after elementary school and high school unless what? You have political aspirations or you have Hollyweird aspirations. And really, it's all entertainment. They're one and the same. So all of a sudden, the Barack star has a new name and a new persona, and they're working on his voice as well. I constantly forget the actor that Obama portrays. Yes, Obama portrays an actor. His voice coach is the Barack star's voice. I remember it was Man Cow that first broke that story. And, you know, the, the guy is on record talking about how he and Barack spent a lot of time together. And then he denies that he was like his coach speech. They sound exactly the same. Anybody in the uh, comments section over there got his name? Was it like Tony something or whatever? Like, um, let me, let, let's see if we can find it. Man Cow, Barack Obama actor. Let's see. Barack Obama actor. Yes, Harry Lennox is his name. Report. Obama is an actor trained by Harry Lennox. Now, when I say actor, and this is Paul Joseph Watson back in the day. Let's see if this is up. Oh, video unavailable. Shocking. Yeah, no, no kidding. None of these videos are going to be there. So uh, this, there we go. So as we sat there and as I listened to Haj tell me about the people who he dressed, uh, one of them was my dear friend who's recently passed away, Bernie Mac. And Bernie Mac, if you knew him, and many people do. And many people do. No, that's not Barack. He doesn't have the mannerisms of Barack. He doesn't sound exactly like Barack. This guy didn't help groom Barack. Uh, was an exquisitely tailored man all the time. He looked like a million dollars. So Haj and I decided uh, that we would work on a wardrobe. <clears throat> this is where the story gets very interesting. So I was doing a film, my own film, uh, this past winter, and uh, all of the clothes that I had had from other productions and other acquisitions I've made over the years were stolen from a costume truck. They were stolen from a costume truck. Again, yeah, it doesn't sound or look anything like the Barack star. <sighs> That's really all we need. Harry Lennox is, is the name you can look into. Uh, it's so funny. Over here on the side here, you got the 2004 Obama Peoria Town Hall. Remember, they were pushing, pushing, pushing this guy. So look, Barack was much more of somebody, yeah, he was being managed, but he was out on the stage every single day. He, you know, classically trained lawyer. They put him into um, a political position in literally one of the most corrupt areas in the country, probably the most corrupt area in the Midwest, a.k.a. Chicago Chi-Town. And those behind the Barack star absolutely have something to do with this new administration. Absolutely. But although Barack did what he was told, he constantly did press conferences. He constantly um, was actually, 
I would say popular amongst his base. You could actually see it. People loved Barack Obama. Now, there were obviously conservatives that couldn't stand him, but the left embraced him. A lot of the middle embraced him. And really, he was Bush 2.0, right? He was George W. 2.0. And again, the great narrative that they set early on was this narrative of peacemaker. He's a peacemaker. We're going to give him the Nobel Prize for nothing. For nothing. Let's just give it to him. He, there it is. Here's the Nobel Prize. Barack star. Baraka. Yeah. Like, what? And meanwhile, more drone bombings, more military involvement in the Middle East, more military involvement everywhere overseas. I mean, you can get into the fact this guy is there from 2018 to 2016, and you've got Ukraine, you've got AFRICOM, you've got Syria, you've, you've got the beginnings of what's happening in Yemen and continually happening in Yemen, all under the guise of somebody who sounds and looks like a Hollywood actor who changed his name. Yeah, that's, that's a genuine person. But that isn't malleable enough. Now they've got a zombie puppet in chief that doesn't have to do press conferences, isn't going to debate, okay, and, and, and is visibly done, gone, out of it. He was, he was visibly out of it before they even installed him. And that's what makes me so frightened and scared that these people just don't care and they're actually going to do this. They're actually not going to have debates. They're actually going to act like the party wants him when somebody like Oprah Winfrey, who you know the Democrats would love to see run because of her popularity, all right, is like, come on now. Now, we love Joe Biden. We can't get enough Joe Biden. Again, the reality they want us to swallow, he's the most uh popular president of all time, yet there are arenas chanting, let's go Brandon on a weekly basis. Arenas chanting that. I can't remember a time when arenas of people, tens of thousands of people, not at the RNC or the DNC or at a political event, not at a locker up event. No, at a basketball game, baseball game, UFC fight. Chanted that or chanted something derogatory about a United States president. And I've seen some pretty unpopular ones. George Bush is one of the more unpopular ones out there. And I want to highlight in this clip that even the press corps that has promoted Joe, and I'm going to show you this article, how ironic, Joe Biden is actually making America great again. What? What What? What planet are we living on? Joe Biden's making the country great again? Joe Biden's not doing anything at all to make the country better, or in my opinion, even worse, because he doesn't run anything. All he does is sign off and nod. All right, Karine Jean-Pierre, visibly making more decisions. I mean, I would imagine Karine Jean-Pierre actually makes more decisions in a day um, 
than Joe Biden. Like she makes the decision of when she goes to the bathroom. Joe Biden can't make that decision. He just goes. All right. She she makes the decision on what clothes she's going to wear. Joe Biden needs to be dressed on a daily basis. A hundred percent. You think Joe Biden can dress himself at this point? He can barely walk. He can barely walk. And the propaganda they're putting out for this guy is still just so cartoon level, it's hard to imagine. But I digress. I want to play um, this exchange with Jean-Carine Pierre. Jean-Carine Pierre. <laughs> and a member of the press corps being like, hey, this isn't normal that the president doesn't talk to the press. Lack of any interaction in a formal setting to have a press conference. Uh, I mean, the president takes shouted questions. This is not the norm. So I'll say this. It is also unprecedented that a president takes as many shouted questions as this president has. And he no, has. No, I've worked in other uh, administrations. That's not just that's just not true. That's that's just a bold faced lie. And it is. So. Bold-faced lie. Just, oh, well, I want to remind you, most presidents don't take these kind of questions. I got this clip. Um, it's old school, but a lot of people are going to remember it. And this clip is George Bush during um, the burgeoning Iraq war, okay? And in it, you know, you're going to see him roll up with his pappy, the press corps right there. I'm distressed to hear about the latest suicide bombers in uh, uh, in Israel. Um, for those who yearn for peace in the Middle East, for those in the Arab lands, for those in Europe, for those all around the world who yearn for peace, we must do everything we possibly can to stop the terror. I mean, he's golfing. Now, Biden, look, I... I'm not a golf guy. I don't mind that Biden doesn't play golf. But the fact of the matter is that, you know, if the golf ball was the size of a softball, Biden would have trouble hitting it and swinging a golf club. He's definitely not going to be out there. And you see George is riding around with his pappy. It's George and George. It's the W and the HW. And this is let's promote the war of terror time. But it, you hear it, all the cameras going off. That's the norm. The president takes shouted questions. Come on. And look, this is absurd. Now watch this drive. There are a few killers who want to stop the peace process that we have started. The, yeah, the peace process that the United States started by invading Afghanistan, taking it over, by the shock and awe campaign. Let me repeat that. The shock and awe campaign in Iraq. And, you know, I, I, I think I need to bring this up. Let's see if we can find it. Of course we can. It's just going to take a minute. That's how, we, that's how we does it over here. And I want people to understand that the shock and awe campaign that they wanted to wage shock and awe. Um, that's that's pre 9-11 that the military industrial complex came up with that term. Everything's recycled, right? 
And I just brought it up because I think that it's important. We haven't gone to this document in some time. But for people who are new or, you know, just want a refresher course, here is Future Strategic Issues, Future Warfare 2025. This is the pre-9-11. Let me say that again. Pre-9-11 document. Talks about CNN syndrome, right? Because that's totally normal. But it also talks about, let's, uh, what's this? Find related. I don't need any of that. Come on. Boom. So let's do it. Let's let's just type in shock. Let's see. Let's see what we got to get here. There it is. Shock and awe. Long-term fingerprintless campaigns as opposed to shock and awe. So what they're talking about here, if you if you haven't noticed, is genomically targeted pathogens for individuals or societies. What does that mean? Let me let me break that down for you. That's bioweapons against specific individuals based on their biology or entire indigenous populations. That's fingerprintless biological warfare. But don't worry, we got a little shock and awe for you when it comes to Iraq. Again, pre-9-11 document right here. Where do you think they get these terms? Binary agents distributed via imported products, vitamins, clothing, and food. What? Huh? I mean, wow. Wow. And... <laughs> Uh, I don't even know what aflatoxin is, okay? It's a natural parts per billion carcinogen, but they talk about airborne varieties of Ebola, Lassa, and other viruses as a tool for warfare in this thing. Again, it's titled Future Strategic Warfare. So even in the land of shock and awe, George Bush is talking to the press, right? The boy idiot. And again, very much a malleable puppet. I would say that his father, um, 100%, actually had more influence as to what that administration will do or did, uh, based on the fact that most of them came from the first Bush administration in the first place. Wolfowitz, Cheney, Rumsfeld, etc. It's just a fact. That's fact, Jack. Let's go back to George Bush. We must not let them. For the sake of humanity, for the sake of the Palestinians who suffer, for the sake of the Israelis who are under attack, we must stop the terror. I call upon all nations to do everything they can to stop these terrorist killers. Thank, Thank you. you. Now watch this drive. <laughs> now watch this drive. <laughs> you know, I don't long for those days. I certainly don't long for those days at all, but we're in clown town, baby. We're over the top clown town. Okay. I mean, we're going to play the Biden reelection video as he's announced his reelection. We're going to go into the fact that the DNC obviously does not want any type of primary, but at the same time, their base doesn't want Joe Biden as president. Even the media, like the, like the Chuck Todd's of the world, don't want him as president. They know how bad this has looked. But again, we're getting gaslit constantly by the authoritative sources, the algorithm, and big tech Trojan horse civilian systems. So look, RFK Jr., 100% uh, right when he says, the system is rigged. I repeat that. The system 
is rigged. No kidding. No kidding. Now, think what they did to Tulsi Gabbard, somebody else that people will tell me, she's controlled opposition. She's controlled opposition. Number one, we have to understand that not everybody, not everybody is going to have the same information as myself and my great audience. I, I know the vast majority of you guys get it, okay, that you tune into this show um, basically not just for tomorrow's news today, uh, but a historical reference as to where we are today and stories that you're not going to see in mainline conservative media or even quote unquote alternative media a lot of the time. And that's great. I'm glad that we're doing that. I'm glad we have that audience. But at the same time, does that mean that Tulsi Gabbard is aware, for instance, of the Pakistani ISI 9-11 connection? No. You know, I, I talk to people on the inside of that campaign. No clue. No idea. Zero. Zip. Zilch. Somebody soon in our military. But that was an anti-war voice, and they did everything in their power to successfully marginalize her voice to the point where you would watch a two and a half hour DNC debate and she would get three minutes. She'd get three minutes. Now you give Andrew Yang all the time in the world because he's pumping a UBI, putting everybody's heads on universal basic income swivels. So you'll promote that guy, right? He's the hip libertarian Democrat, but not anti-war Tulsi. Kind of the same thing with the Tuckins, in my opinion. You know, the, the, the tuck, I mean, this this may be the move. We don't know for sure. I don't, I don't like speculating, but let's look at this. Source, Tucker Carlson's prior 1.6 million per month contract has, uh, has as much as 18 months remaining. Yikes. Fox CEO Lacan Murdoch and Carlson were in the middle of negotiating an extension through 2029 when the Murdochs decided to bench him instead. They don't want Tucker going anywhere, and they're going to force him to sit on the bench for months as they recover from his departure. Note, linked article for background and sourcing is in the Independent. So that's out of the Independent in the UK. It's also being reported that he and Diane Lemon have uh, hired Brian Freeman to represent them against said networks. Now, look, if Tucker can't talk for 18 months, that's huge in the election cycle. I saw some people calling for him to run for the president of the United States because he is no longer on Fox. I don't know if that's the move. I don't know what a politician, a good politician he'd make. Again, he's said more truth recently than Anybody on the, in the mainstream, it's even close. And I'd have to hearken all the way back to Keith Olbermann, pre-TDS, Trump derangement syndrome, maybe even pre-Obama, to have anybody that remotely um, challenged the war machine. And, and to Olbermann's credit, back in the day, he did. Now he's just gone. Now he's just gone. But I would be remiss if I didn't at least show everybody some of the reasons that people who I believe are very intelligent and enlightened um, and are aware 
of what's going on geopolitically around the globe in most cases. Still can't stand the tuck, still say he's controlled opposition. And, and I am so careful when I'm when I start talking controlled opposition. Why is that? Well, it's simple because I've been controlled opposition, right? Like people are like, you're controlled opposition. You're the bad guy, Jason. You don't talk about this and this and this. And honestly, the subjects that always get brought up are ones that I don't focus on because they're bullshit or I don't believe them. And I, I have brought many of them up, but to debunk them or to challenge them, it's a, your controlled opposition gets thrown around a lot. Okay. And then I'll have people in my, uh, in my feed promoting other quote unquote independent media, right? You don't have this person on and you need to listen to this person. And I remember one person in particular, I'm not even going to give the person, uh, any kind of shout out, but you know, I'd have trolls in here or people that don't think they're trolling, but you know, they are. And they put this person's name, you need to have this person on. And this person attacks a wide range of people, including uh, Whitney Webb, who I have just the utmost respect for. Love Whitney Webb's work. Think it's absolutely tremendous. All right. And she's constant. Yeah. I know I'm going to like somebody, not only when they put out the caliber of work, that Whitney has put out, but when they're attacked again and again and again by the same people that have attacked me again and again and again for years, for years. So when I see those people attacking her and they're attacking me, I'm like, oh, there's a problem here. There's a real problem here. This person's doing good work. Why is this person being attacked? Okay. So this one particular person who, who they, you need to have them on, you need to talk to them. They're the authority, Jason. This person um, was basically laughing about the 2020 election and saying there was no chance that Joe Biden could get in because Trump was so aligned with Israel. Okay, and here, here comes the mental illness, okay, of those that believe everything in the world, every problem is Israel. And look, Israel's got real issues. I was in the dentist chair yesterday. And we're talking uh, geopolitics. My dentist loves to talk geopolitics. Well, my mouth is wide open and my teeth are getting picked at or drilled up. And we were talking basically about nation states and alliances and the Middle East. And yes, Israel is part of that Anglo-American, even Saudi alliance in the Middle East for the most part via the military industrial complex and via five eyes. Okay. That's real. But at the same time, I would not consider them an ally of the United States. Number one, the power structure within the United States is completely rotten. And I would equate that power structure in this country, which I love with the corrupt power structure inside of Israel. Okay. And that's the problem. Cause he, the question came up, he goes, wait, are you anti-Semitic? And I'm like, anti-Semitic, what they did. And I'm talking about the Israeli establishment, what they did to their own citizens and people during the COVID-1984 nightmare with their lockdowns, restrictions, and passports, some of the worst. I go, so no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not anti-Semitic. All right. Uh, I don't believe that uh, Israel should even be, quote unquote, eradicated. 
I actually do believe that you need a two-state solution if you, you want any chance at peace in the Middle East. But then you have Netanyahu, who's now in power again, after not being in power. You have massive protests there. You have checkpoints in Israel that have automated sniper weapon systems on them that don't need a human being to kill, to kill. And Netanyahu um, and others in power in Israel basically applauded 9-11 by saying, you know, th this is helping us out big time in the Middle East now that we have the United States war machine there, okay? So all those things are happening. And because Trump was huge on Israel, right? Sheldon Adelson, um, one of his main backers, of course, big on Israel as well. He makes Jerusalem the capital. I, I am not in agreement with that. I don't think that was a dangerous thing. He did a dangerous proposal. But again, the independent journalists, independent journalists that were saying that there was no way that Trump could lose, it was all based on Israel. Well, I got news for you. He lost. You were wrong. You were way wrong. This person was laughing about it. Oh, all the Trump tards think they're going to steal the election from him. <laughs> he gets that totally wrong. And again, you know, you know, his followers just don't even mention it. They just bend the knee. He's a prophet. He gets everything right. You're controlled opposition, Jason. You're the controlled opposition out there. I want to show you this video of Chuck Todd uh, talking to Netanyahu recently about Biden, okay, and, and his love for Biden. So, yeah. Just like when Mike Pompeo was up there with Bibby and it was a huge love. I did a whole video on it, a huge love fest. It's hard for me to watch. Just Pompeo smiling and boy, I love to go to Israel and they're the best. And here's Netanyahu praising Biden because he doesn't care who's off it, who's in office. You know, he cares who's controlling that office. That's all. President Biden has weighed in, uh, concerned about the judicial reform. Do you believe this is impacting U.S.-Israeli relations? No, I don't. I, I think uh, I think President Biden has been a great friend of Israel. I've known him for 40 years from the time he was a senator through vice president, through president. Uh, I know his uh, commitment to Israel's security. Uh, friends can have disagreements on occasion. Uh, but I share with him the view that uh, we should act uh, not only share the view, I'm actually acting on it, to try to reach a, a broad consensus as possible. I want to tell you one thing, Chuck. Uh, yes. When I compare the degree of coordination between Israel and America uh, on security matters, on intel, on cyber, economic cooperation, yeah. I mean, there's just no comparison to where this was 20, 27 years ago. Today, it's, I think Israel, I, I always say America is Israel's indispensable and by far the best ally. But I want to tell you, I don't think you have a better ally in the world than Israel. Because You don't have a better ally in the world than Israel. Excuse me? Now, again, Five Eyes just chose the spying. But you go back to 9-11, there's clearly an Israeli role, just like there's clearly a Pakistani role, and there's clearly a Saudi Arabian role, and there's clearly a continuity of government inside the United States role. And when that investigation into the Israelis that were being rounded up prior to 9-11 and got rounded up on 9-11 and then 
after 9-11, all connected. That's a team, all right, that is not working in our best interest. That's a team that was connected to Amdocs and Converse, telecommunications companies that had penetrated, okay, penetrated not only mainline government offices, but secret government offices and locations, according to Fox News of all people. But again, that, that that's the whole thing. Fox, MSNBC, they're all different flavors of the great narrative. There's rarely a meaningful challenge. And whether you think the Tuck was controlled opposition or not, he was bringing meaningful conversations and challenges to that narrative. Let's wrap up the Netanyahu clip. Because Israel has become a great technological power yeah. and a great asset to I, the United States. And speaking, our cooperation, mutual right. cooperation, saves a lot of American and Israeli lives. Mutual cooperation saves American and Israeli lives. Remember, this is the guy that said he had medical records on 98% of his citizens going back 20 years, and he wants to slap a genetic database on there and talks about, well, most people will just volunteer, but if not, we'll just pay them. We'll pay them. And then we'll have that genetic database on top of it for a bioeconomy, a bio, everything's economics, a bioeconomy, the likes of which the vast majority of us have never and will never see. Now, we only got about a little less than 20 minutes in this end of the broadcast. I do want to remind everybody that we're going to be going over to redvoicemedia.com slash Jason and redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored. $10 a month. Start for a buck for the first week. You don't like it, cancel it. But you can also lock it in, lock it in, lock it in, and help support this broadcast. Let Red Voice Media know that you're tuning in because of Jason Burmis. Lock it in at 100 bucks for the year. We're giving you two hours a day, four days a week. Quite frankly, I want to expand that. Um, I'm actually going to get in touch with Ray today. There is a, a new literal 12-hour lineup coming just around the corner uh, in a little over a week's time now. I mean, maybe it's even a little under a week's time. Actually, yeah, it is. it's a little under a week's time before we hit May 1st. And there may be a little bit of a change. It's looking like I'm going to be going live an hour later, but there's a couple other things that I want to work out. Um, perhaps even uh, getting the second hour here to be free, but then at the same time, maybe given some extras to uh, make sure that the paid portion of the broadcast, those that are supporting are still happy, maybe with an extra two hours. When I say an extra two hours, I'd like those two hours to be exclusive interviews that um, we tease over the week. So in other words, you know, we tease one or two minutes of it here uh, on a Tuesday or a Wednesday or a Thursday. And then on uh, Friday and Saturday, they just get released uh, on premium. And then, of course, just like anything, two weeks later, they would be released for free. I think that that might be a really good model because... You know, we want the information to get out, but we also all have to eat, right? I got bills. My rent ain't cheap, everybody. You know, I'm paying more than a mortgage on my rent. I hate even talking about these things because some people living in the cities, they'll be like, I can't believe that you think that that's a lot for rent. 
uh, especially for, you know, I'm in a, it's listed like as a three bedroom. It's really a four bedroom house. Remember, I, I did move here, bring in my sister and her kids and them living with me. Um, I've stayed in this house. I, I may be getting rid of it in November, but you know, bare bones, nothing included, no heat, no water, no nothing. 1700 a month just for that. Then, you know, my car's in the shop. My teeth cost money. I hope everybody likes my teeth. My, I've been going through a lot of pain on them. And without you guys, I wouldn't be able to do this, right? Let, let's be honest. Without Red Voice Media, without the rock fins of the world, all those things. And there's Ray. Yeah, we, we should figure out a schedule. Absolutely. Let's definitely talk after today. Um, oh, awesome. Very cool. And he'll be on Matt Couch's show today, Ray Dietrich. So, and I, and I love that he listens to the show, that he's very hands-on. You don't get that with every network. Trust me. Trust me, you don't. So, big things coming. I'm, I'm loving that you guys are supporting me. Remember, always you'll be able to listen for free in real time over at the Podbean. I'd like to get the call-ins going. That's, you know, that's tough because you need people to be a little bit more tech-savvy. It's not like there's a call-in number. You need to do it through the app. And then that's one of the things that I actually do need to be involved with the producer on the other side in and in communication with makes it just slightly more difficult. Plus you got to have a decent amount of people in there. A lot of people like are in my chat and they can't um, understand like newer people. Wow. The chat doesn't move that quick. There's not that many people commenting, you know, out of the, I think what there's like 240 people watching right now on YouTube. Okay. And I know that we've got more on, Rumble, especially the RVMs Rumble, My Rumble, Rockfin, used to have Twitter, et cetera. But out of those 200 people, what, there's there 20 people that are making comments? 20? By the way, thank you, Stephen Thames, for the tip. Also, Scott Free for the tip. We do appreciate it. So even less people than are commenting on there want to make the call. So if I want to do a call-in show and I'm only going to get one caller in an hour, that doesn't work. That don't work. You need to be able to boom, 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 boom. You know, you got to have a dozen callers on the line to get through an hour of talk radio, period. Just, you need to. All right. Like I said, we got 15 minutes. Hopefully you're going to come over. Before I play the Tuckins and him attacking David Ray Griffin on 9-11 all the way back in 2006. So now you're talking, my God, you're talking over 15 years ago. Jeez, time closer to 20. Time flies. I want to play Donnie T responding to the new Biden ad. Okay. I've got a woke Biden clip where um, a couple months ago, an individual from Newsmax asked Karine Jean-Pierre if Biden is woke. I hate that term. But Biden's never going to get that asked that question because he's not doing press conferences. And when uh, kids in Ireland go, what's the key to the top of success, sir? Good. He ain't a top of so what top of what? Well, we got to make sure nobody has COVID. And dad, 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 he's asking you what the keys to success are. Well, I'm probably the wrong person to ask that question. <laughs> he's got he's got a, a toy airplane in his hand. Ooh. <laughs> it's a bad joke. Meanwhile, the other guy who is actually the most popular president, hands down, of my generation, without a doubt, with. Love him or hate him, he's the guy. I've never seen, even the Barack star, who I would have argued 
was the most popular president before him in my generation. Anyone, and I know there's a lot of Reagan people that might disagree with me. No, sorry, sorry. I was around in the 80s also. I, I'd say that Clinton surpassed Reagan in popularity, especially at the time. And post-presidency, a lot of people liked him because they didn't like either Bush, right? You went from Reagan to a stark contrast of the guy that was behind Reagan that wasn't as well-spoken, wasn't the Hollywood star, was the career CIA guy. And, and that didn't work. But that's okay because they brought in his buddy from Mena, Arkansas, via the Iran-Contra scandal after that. You see? That's the real deal. But when Donnie T puts out a rebuttal to Joe Biden running for president, it's nowhere in the mainstream. It's barely on Fox, if it's on Fox at all. One-minute clip, two-minute clip, 30-second clip. We got about a three-minute clip of Donnie T talking about this stuff, three and a half. But you can't find it on YouTube, hard to find on Twitter. I don't like that I have to go to other social media platforms that may not be around in six months or 12 months or 18 months to see this stuff. Parlor went under. Truth Social, not something I've never really been involved in. Maybe RVM made me an account there. I'm not sure. Telegram, I'm on it, but am I really? Like I, I'm barely on any of these things because I don't like poisoning myself. I'm not a scroller. I'm not a TikTok. I don't have TikTok. I don't got Snapchat. Okay. Gab is another one I don't have. And I don't do. And, and it's just because I don't want to be beholden to a device or social media on any level, on any level. I want to use them as tools. I want to make sure that tool is a hammer in my hand and I'm using the hammer. That there's not somebody taking the hammer out of my hand and bashing me in the head with it over and over and over again, making me look at drag kids. Okay? So there's a fine line. But if they can censor the president of the United States, there's no doubt they can censor everybody everybody anytime they would like to that's an issue that was one of the main issues i was talking about during the 2020 election as it was happening in real time they were gearing you up that they were going to censor the president for misinformation disinformation and lies and that's how 90 percent of the mainstream media reported on it you didn't get to Watch the only place you could really watch Donald Trump on a television station during the 2020 counting of the ballots was C SPAN. To their credit, C SPAN. That's it. That's scary, man. That should, that should frighten you. Okay. That should really get under your skin. They did that to the president. It should really get under your skin. This is the first guy they're going after criminally on absurd and obscene charges that have nothing to do with the war crimes that are out there, with foreign policy, other than Russia, 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 which is all a hoax, which is all Johnny nonsense, right? Never, ever, ever. No, they want to bring up a payoff to a porn star and a payoff to another model 
and to pay off to a door guy. They don't even talk about those other two because they're not as hip or cool. They're not a trendy talking point like the other one. And then this week, they've got that rape uh, trial with, uh, what is it, E. Jean Carroll? Is that her name? The actress? E. Jean Carroll. Yeah. She's, uh, She's reliable. And I don't know. Who knows? Maybe she's telling the truth. She doesn't seem like she is. It seems political to me. But I don't know. I wasn't there. But the fact that that's getting media traction, the fact that that's going to be another criminal trial to try to tie up Donald Trump, that has nothing to do with three or four more other investigations where they're going after him, should let you know, should let you know they don't really like that guy. Okay? There are certain political entities that do like the guy overall, the predator class, the managerial class, whatever you want to call him, do not like that guy. And he ain't perfect. And he cowed down during the COVID-1984 nightmare. And he's doubled down on the hate and lies. No doubt about it. This ain't a Trump rally. Okay. But once again, compared to the other guy and how I've got to look at goddamn articles. Okay. That says that say ludicrous, insane, and asinine things like this. Ironically, Biden's the one making America great again. It's from two days ago. Hey, Biden's the guy who's making America. He's the MAGA dude. He sits there and talks about ultra MAGA extremists. Little does he know he's as MAGA as it gets. What? I just again, we're living in the post-truth world on, on the puppet parade. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. All right. Let's let's go to Donnie T uh, talking about Biden. You could take the five worst presidents in American history and put them together and they would not have done the damage Joe Biden has done to our nation in just a few short years. Not even close. Thanks to Joe Biden's socialist spending calamity. American families are being decimated by the worst inflation in half a century. Banks are failing, our currency is crashing, and the dollar will soon no longer be the world standard, which will be our greatest defeat in over 200 years. Real wages have been falling 24 months in a row. In other words, under Biden, workers have gotten a pay cut each and every month for two straight years. Tell me what's wrong. I, I, I'm waiting. Where, where is he wrong? And by the way, can we get 150 thumbs up over on YouTube before we wrap this up today? The economy's awful. When when this guy got in, I was still running a bar. Okay? I was still running the bar. I was actually just starting to run the bar around there, around that time. And I'll, I'll never forget it, man. Right away, I mean, within the week he got elected, and he, he signed off on these new uh, tax regulations. There was more money in my paycheck. And I'm sorry, but for the vast majority of Americans, it is the economy, stupid. Yes, we want a prosperous and peaceful society. People like myself also understand that we also need a strong military. I don't love that rhetoric. I do understand that the vast majority of people, they get this. They get what it's like when they're saving 
an extra Benjamin or two, okay? They get it. It's a big deal. Most homes, we've been gaslit once again into acting like that's not a big deal. Meanwhile, again, 70 plus percent of Democrats don't want Joe Biden running. They don't even want him running. We have surrendered our energy independence, just like we surrendered in Afghanistan, which we had just a short time ago. And the price of gasoline just hit a five month high. And it's going much higher than that. Under my leadership, we had the most secure border in US history by far. Never had a border like this. Under Biden, the southern border has been abolished and millions of illegal aliens have been released into our communities. What's happening now is beyond belief. They're coming in from mental institutions and prisons are all being emptied. They're being dumped into the United States of America. Now, here's a, here's a point where I'll have some contention with this guy. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't criminals that come over the border. I'm not saying that there aren't mentally ill people that come over the border. I would say that the vast majority of those coming over the border are simply looking for a better life for themselves and their families. And look, let's be honest. If you're you're willing to give somebody who's lived in a third world nation in relative squalor, okay, without a, a formal education in many instances, especially beyond uh, high school, yeah, the United States seems like a pretty sweet deal if they're going to set you up with a home, set you up with welfare, okay, and set you up with in a community where basically it's on you and your decision what level of participation you want to have, all right? And that's the real issue to me. It's not just the illegal alien situation coming over and the criminal element there, but more of creating a society that is debt-based, openly entitled, and one of dependence on government entities, not independence from government entities, which is extremely important. Many of these people are very dangerous. They're being dumped. We're like a dumping ground. Our cities have been overrun with homelessness, drug addicts, and violent criminals who are being released from jail in mass with no retribution whatsoever, while law enforcement is weaponized against law-abiding conservatives or Republicans or people they just don't like. Glad he said that. Glad he said that, because he's not wrong there either. And you notice the people that, they just don't like. I was in that dental chair. Got a little bruise still here. I ripped my damn mouth open here. It's always so tough. Um, they just arrested some leftists. And, and I keep telling people this. I hate it. Oh, conservatives and Republicans are being censored. Welcome to the party. Welcome to the party, pal. It's not just conservatives. It's not right-wing media. It's anybody they don't like. Anybody that challenges the great narrative. That's who they want to censor. That's who they want to arrest. Our children are being indoctrinated and mutilated by left-wing freaks and zealots. The senior ranks of our military have gone completely woke. And our military is suffering greatly. 
Biden has totally humiliated our nation on the world stage, starting with the Afghanistan disaster. Perhaps the most embarrassing event in the history of our country. It meant so much to our enemies when they watched that horrible retreat. See, again, I, I don't know if that's the worst thing we've ever seen. It, it, nobody remembers Goodnight Saigon. Like nobody remembers Vietnam and leaving there. So I, I, I wasn't even around. I remember. I remember. I, I would say that the most embarrassing thing on the global stage is that you have a malleable puppet that can't speak and is clearly in charge of nothing. And he, look, he says that many a time. He, he's talking about how Zombie J ain't running anything and he's, you know, it's not real. All right, we're, we're at eight. There's more Trump. We got the tuck-ins. I've got other clips we're going to play, more news. I need you guys to come on over, come on over to redvoicemedia.com slash Jason, redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored. We're going to throw it to the producer. As we uh, lock out of this, I want to remind you, can listen for free if you do not want to pay over at the InfoWarrior Podbean channel. But again, consider supporting the broadcast. Consider supporting true independent media. So YouTube, Arrivederci, Rockfin, Only Love. Thanks for the tips over there, guys. Couldn't do it without you. Rumble, glad you're around. And I would say goodbye to Twitter. But there is no saying goodbye to Twitter because there is no Twitter to uh, stream to anymore. Can't do it. Still no blue check mark, guys. I guess after a month or so, I'll start kicking and screaming. We're, we're about two weeks deep now. Uh, I, th I think two weeks to the nose of when I did this. Maybe it's uh, tomorrow will be the actual two weeks. But again, we're trying to reach as many people as possible. Let's let Trump finish it up. Russia is teaming up with China. Iran is days away from a nuclear bomb, not even thinkable. Ukraine has been devastated by an invasion that would never, ever have happened if I was president. And Joe Biden has led us to the very brink of World War III. They say Trump was right about everything. Well, I'm not predicting World War III, but I will say this. We're very close, and they're only talking about nuclear weapons. On top of it all, Biden is the most corrupt president in American history. And that's not even close. Nobody can believe what's going on with, again, no retribution whatsoever. With such a calamitous and failed presidency, it is almost inconceivable that Biden would even think of running for re-election. And yet he is. And yet he's put out an ad. But doesn't matter. Again, we're, we're there. Like, you look at it. Trump calls Biden a crime family and that Watergate uh, times 10. All right, and that's the truth social post. Maybe we'll play a little bit more of it right here. Is this the whole thing? Oh, there. See, you've got you've got to go to truth social and Donnie T. How long is the actual thing? Let's see what we got here. No, we don't need that. How long is the full Donnie T? What Congressman James Comer and Jim Jordan have revealed about the Biden crime family would be Watergate times 10 if this news was revealed just 10 years ago, our fake news media is corrupt at a level like never seen before. There has never been anything like it. If this kind of information came out in the past, writers would be getting Pulitzer Prizes when Pulitzer Prize 
meant something. It doesn't mean very much anymore. Yes, our media is totally corrupt. And, and I agree with them. Nothing to disagree. Nothing to disagree with. So I guess I guess we'll save the tuckins for a minute because I've got these other Biden clips that I want to play. Here, Newsmax asks Jean-Carine Pierre whether or not Joe Biden is woke. Is President Biden woke? So let me tell you um, what the president cares about and what's important to this president. The president doesn't doesn't concern himself about what Republicans are trying to do in creating political stunts in making it creating political stunts. You're a political stunt. You're not exceptional. You're not good at your job. You yourself, jean Corinne Pierre, are a political stunt. You are an avatar. All right. You check boxes. You're a lesbian woman of color. An issue uh, out of the things that they feel benefits them politically, not the American people, not what matters to the American people, but what benefits them politically for their own uh, for their own ability to move forward. <laughs> First of all, like, is it Charlie Brown Day with the yellow nonsense? Look, uh, look, I'm I'm wearing an affliction shirt. I'd take off my sweatshirt. I was getting hot in here. I, I throw a jacket on for the Making Sense of the Madness show. I see people in comments like, you should do that for your regular show. I'm just not comfortable in it. Maybe I should. Maybe I should create more of a business-type atmosphere and set. But I'm not, like, I'm being me. And I'll tell you right now, if I was the press secretary or I was showing up to the press, I'd have a jacket on. All right? She should have her pants suit on. Like, that's that's just a little too informal. That's like the night before Thanksgiving sweater at the bar. Like, what is this? But it's a clown show, right? It's a lot of hand movement and, oh, everything's political rhetoric and Joe Biden runs things and we live in the cartoon, okay? And within that cartoon, uh, Joe Biden has put up his ad. We played this yesterday, but I can't help myself. And then there's actually a, what's being called an AI ad put out yesterday from a super PAC that is pro-Trump. I'm not sure how AI it is. It's interesting if it is AI because it's edited rather well. But in the 30 seconds of that uh, video, I think is, is much more powerful and honest, by the way, than what we're about to watch here, which is Joe Biden's new announcement with Kamala Embarrass, and what do they lead with? You know what they lead with. January 6th and the evil insurrectionists. Bump! Bump! I feel like I'm watching Beyond the Reset. Bump! Let's bring it all the way back. Let's bring it back. Yeah, or like, oh, Mega Man in the mask. Yeah! Yeah! Freedom. 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 And I said it before, I'll say it again. Even with all these cuts, how long did it take him for this take where he just had to read something into a camera? It's embarrassing. 
personal freedom is fundamental to who we are as Americans. There's nothing more important, nothing more sacred. That's been the work of my first term. The work of your first ter term has been nothing but destruction, command, control, authoritarianism, lies, hate. Not transitory inflation, brah. Sorry. An extension of gangster-ass Joey B into the Zombie J administration, the Sign Anything administration, the Kamala Embarrass administration, the Veep administration, the dark cartoon presidency. Forget about dark Brandon. The dark cartoon. To fight for our democracy. <laughs> it's a constitutional republic, dummy. And I know you guys love throwing that word democracy out there. They never talk about the constitutional republic because authoritarians don't want to remind you that's actually what we have. Democracy is the word. This shouldn't be a red or blue issue. To protect our rights, to make sure that everyone in this country is treated equally and that everyone is given a fair shot at making it. But you know, around the country. You know, around the country, Matt Gates is ruining everything. I love I love that they show a January 6th. Let's just bring it back a little bit. They show the January. Now I'm I'm right here, by the way. I'm I'm behind these people to the left. I have a ton of video footage right by this. This is where the vast majority of the violence actually occurred. And can anybody tell me that's watched this? Have they arrested those people that had flagpoles and were hitting? the police officers and actually over in this area have any of those people are those guys in jail have they been identified they may they may be but if those guys hadn't been haven't been identified and haven't been arrested for what they did that just shows you what a scam this thing was scamola but you know around the country MAGA extremists are and look I mean, that's the problem with Marjorie Taylor Greene. She dressed up like Cruella DeVille. Cruella DeVille at the State of the Union. Like, why give them the extra fodder? Why play into the dark cartoon? Why become a part of that? And to me, that's very much a part of the dark cartoon. I mean, look, let's bring it back a little bit from the Trump DeSantis thing. There's, there's Gates. There it is. There she is. I mean, is she going skiing after? Is she is she flying to Aspen for a little winter resort? Even if she were, could she save the jacket for later? My God. Your extremists are lining up to take on those bedrock freedoms. Cut Social Security that you paid for your entire life while cutting taxes for the very wealthy. Dictating what health care decisions women can make. Banning books. Did I just miss that? Was there a trans thing in there too? See the tax cuts and destruction. There's the abor abortion health care. Nope. Okay. The U.S. in 2020, 1972. Bans off our bodies. So that's it. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. So so what, what is this they're, they're looking at right here? They're saying that these are the banned books. Um, I don't know who banned To Kill a Mockingbird. Who banned To Kill a Mockingbird? Let's let's. Bands, and one of my favorites, by the way, bands to kill a mockingbird. Okay, so let's see. Um, 
ban books, the failed campaign to ban to kill. Yeah, that was a failed campaign. So th this is the craziness. Take a look. They, they act like that's a right wing thing. OK. No, Seattle tried to do it over racism. All right. You know, I, I guess some district in Tennessee banned it. That, that's nuts. That's nuts. But again, Florida didn't ban to kill a mockingbird as face list suggests. Yet what do you see here? What's in the ad? Let's go back to the ad right at the top, right at the top to kill a mockingbird. You know what I don't see right here in this stack is the gender queer book where they had illustrations, all right, of a boy going down on a grown man. And that should be banned from schools. You wouldn't have a section for Hustler or Penthouse. And you certainly wouldn't have a section for CP, animated or otherwise. But here's the lie. Here it is. Right-wingers want to ban books. And I'm not for banning books. And I think To Kill a Mockingbird is a must, a must read. In fact, not only do we read it, um, but we watched the Gregory Peck movie afterwards, which, which to me, again, was powerful. I'd say that that book was as powerful as like Johnny Tremaine, which I'd read previously before that in school, all school books, right around the same time period, though. And like, is Johnny Tremaine bigoted and racist now because it takes place during the Revolutionary War because of his hand accident? Is it is that bigoted? Like, where are we at? They want to ban books. We're banning books. So I I'll be honest. I don't know any of these other ones. Lawn Boy, no clue. The Best Eye, no clue. They both die at the end, no clue. Home Going, no clue. If anybody out there knows these books, wants to give me a DM, show me why they've been banned. If, if there is a reason, if there is something extremely graphic in them. And, and by the way, I'm not necessarily against graphic writings depicting horrific events. If they're based in reality. And that can still be a fiction story, by the way. But, it, you know, if they're based in a historical reality. If it involves abuse. I mean, for instance, I know why the caged bird sings. Maya Angelou. There are depictions in that book of her being abused sexually as a child. Okay. I don't think that book should be banned at all. I think, um, you know, that it needs to be recognized more and more and more. But again, not on these lists. Not on these lists. To Kill a Mockingbird on the top, though. That's it. Joe Biden's letting you know they're banning the books. Banning books and telling people who they can love. You know, once again, do your thing as an adult. Even with the marriage debate back in the day, I always said, if you're an adult and you want to be a woman and marry another woman or a man and marry another man, I couldn't give a rat's ass. I will say, and I have said, that to many people, especially of a conservative or religious nature, feel like marriage is a religious contract or a religious institution. Something really, although it coincides with the nation state through licensing, is outside of the nation state spiritually. 
So I always said, <clears throat> hey, to appease that section of uh, the voters, call it some, I don't care, call it larage or carriage or narrage. I don't care. Give them the same exact rights and the same exact deal, and I don't care, and call it something different. They don't even call it something different. So what are we really fighting for at this point? It's already legal. What you, what's the true fight? Can eh, Bueller, Bueller, Bueller. Well, we've seen what the true fight is. It's an extension into your kids. They want to love, love, love your children. Love. They want to call it love anyway. It's not what I call it. So, so once again, this idea that if you're not voting Biden, you're some kind of bigot and you don't want people to live their own lives and have um, the same rights as others who have a, a lifelong partner. You're just, you're being deceptive. You're being dishonest. It's not real. It's not real. And, and I would assume the vast majority of people who want to live by the Constitution and the Bill of Rights understand this, and they, they like to leave the issue alone, but they understand that the issue just keeps pushing its way forward under the guise of equality. And they don't even use equality anymore. They use equity. All while making it more difficult for you to be able to vote. No, also not true. No one's making it more difficult for people to vote. You people, and I do mean you people, you people within the managerial class on behalf of a predator class opened up the floodgates of corruption via elections with the mail-in ballot voting system, with expanding the machines, with not having true independent and random audits of these machines and of these results, period. No one's trying to make it harder to vote. One person, one vote, voter ID, paper ballot, person counts it. I'm, I'm a radical extremist for, sec for saying that. Radical extremism right there. Talking about actual election reform. I can barely walk, Kamala. When I ran for president four years ago, I said we were in a battle for the soul of America. When you ran for president four years ago, you could barely get a crowd of 100 people and you blamed it on the COVID-1984 nightmare. That, that's reality. I mean, you, you couldn't garner a crowd. The other guy had thousands of people, thousands of people at every single event. Everyone. And we still are. The question we're facing is whether in the years ahead, we have more freedom or less freedom. Every year under this administration, um, freedom has been constricted. But I would also argue that even prior to the COVID-1984 nightmare in the Trump administration, when you had all these different security and defense acts continually being passed, right? Uh, for instance, they had the defense initiative. Can I find that? Is that here too? Do I have that one? Let's see if I can find that. Defense. Uh, or it might even be uh, counterintelligence 2012. Let's see. Is that my document right there? Nope. That's forecasting military technology. Let's see. What would it be named? Counter maybe? Nope. And I'll, I'll try Intel one more time. 
about one more thing right here. Thought I sent him. Did I not send him? Thought they sent. That's so weird. I thought they sent those earlier. So bizarre. Boom, 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 boom. Okay, we got that. Okay, sorry about that, folks. So can't find that document. Let's let's see if we could find it. Counterintelligence under Trump. Counterintelligence. I think it was like 2022. Um, there it is. I think I think that this is. There was two different documents of it, but we'll we'll see if we got it live. Um, is this it? Yeah, I want to see the press for that. That's definitely it. 2020 to 2022. Oh, but this is just the press. I want the actual document, not the not the press release. So there's the press release. Um, the national CIA. I think it's the executive one. Yep, this is it. This is it. This is it. Um, can I make that bigger? Of course. Yeah, I guess I can. All right, let's do that. So in this document, let's see. Um what do I want to put in here? I want to put in ISIS, right? That's it. Yes. So you look at this. Russia and China China operate globally using all instruments to power to target the United States and have a broad range of sophisticated intelligence capabilities. Other state adversaries such as Cuba, Iran, and North Korea, non-state actors, non-state actors, non-state actors, such as the Lebanese, Hezbollah, ISIS, and Al-Qaeda, as well as transnational criminal organizations and ideologies ideologically motivated entities such as hacktivists, leaktivists, and public disclosure organizations also pose significant threats. That's Julian Assange. That's anybody telling the truth. Hacktivists, leaktivists, and public disclosure organizations. This is under the Trump administration. So quite frankly, we've always had less uh, less freedoms through each administration. Okay. Uh, you could send a rumble link of that magic ink satire video of grandpa We'll play it unless you want to play it from your side. Um, sure. Uh, give me some time. I'm on air. I hate even doing this time. I'm on air. All right. So there's that document. Let's let's uh, continue with the Biden propaganda piece. More rights or fewer. I know what I want the answer to be, and I think you do too. This is not a time to be complacent. That's why I'm running for re-election. Because I know America. He knows. I know we're good and decent people. I know we're still a country that believes in honesty and respect and treating each other with dignity. That we're a nation where we give hate no safe harbor. We believe that everyone is equal that everyone should be given a fair shot to succeed in this country. Thank you for choosing us. There she is. There's there the other token part of the administration. Katangit Jackson Brown. Katangit Jackson Brown. She can't tell you what a woman is. She's on the Supreme Court. Every generation of Americans has faced a moment when they have to defend democracy. Stand up for our personal freedom. Stand up for the right to vote and our civil rights. John Lewis is no hero. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's another establishment hack. 
I, I, I mean, to hide behind civil rights also really upsets me. Makes me makes me vomitas, really. And this is our moment. So if you're with me, go to JoeBiden.com. Go to JoeBiden.com. Let's finish this job. I know we can. Is this <laughs> let's let's finish destroying the country. I know we can. We can do it. We can destroy the country together. Let's finish the job. You got to love the let's finish the job. Get like it's over the top. Over the top. But he, again, this is the dark cartoon we live in. OK. One more Biden video. This is uh, actually we'll, this will wrap right up into the into the anti Biden AI video. There's nothing, simply nothing we cannot do if we do it together. This just in, we can now call the 2024 presidential race for Joe Biden. This morning, an emboldened China invades Taiwan. Financial markets are in free fall as 500 regional banks have shuttered their doors. Border agents were overrun by a surge of 80,000 illegals yesterday evening. Officials closed the city of San Francisco this morning, citing the escalating crime and fentanyl crisis. Who's in charge here? It feels like the train is coming off the tracks. Paid by uh, for the Republican National Committee, not authored by any candidate or candidates committee with GOP.com. I'm not sure if any of that's real, but really that's just. It says built entirely with AI imagery. So it looks like a slideshow to me. I don't know um, even what that entails if you put that anywhere. So like I need to get into the AI more. I know that we've talked about doing chat GPT live on air. Maybe that's tomorrow's show. Maybe I, I download ChatGPT. I've never messed with even the AI painting programs. I'm a graphic designer. And I should be because I think that those actually could help make uh, compelling thumbnails. I think we do a good job here. I definitely put the effort in. I mean, when I think about what I'm doing, I'm like, yeah, we're going to be talking about DNC, Robert Kennedy not being able to debate anybody, Joey B, a laughing jackass. Um, but the, the more... Uh, the more tools in a toolbox, the better. So we're definitely going to be checking that out. Okay. I've been promising it and teasing it since the beginning of the show. Here is the Tuckins back in the day, all right, back in the dizzle, roping on and going after 9-11 Truth while he worked at MSNBC. Hot and bothered segment. Oliver Stone's movie World Trade Center opened today, and for once, Stone doesn't suggest some vast conspiracy. On the other hand, he doesn't have to, because there are plenty of people doing it for him. 
My next guest is one of the leading voices in the increasingly noisy movement that claims our own government orchestrated the attacks of September 11th. Right. I mean, just think about how he's framing it. The extremely noisy movement and kooks like Stone don't even have to talk about it because what? People are doing it for him. And I never watched that film, World Trade Center. Not once. Um, it, it was at a time where we had expected more from Oliver Stone. And obviously, Oliver Stone's son, Sean Stone, is very well uh, well aware of 9-11, just as Jesse Ventura's son, Ty Tyrell, is very well aware of 9-11, um, to the point where they started Buzzsaw and they were doing alternative media programs for some time. Again, it just shows you how, how difficult it is to not only create an alternative media organization, but to keep it going. And Stone was really always wishy-washy on 9-11, never would give a direct answer as to how he felt about it. Uh, but this, this film really was... It was just about like the firefighters in that day. And, and even then, you know, we have so much documentary evidence of secondary explosive devices inside the building via that footage, via the eyewitness accounts. Uh, it, it's it's shameful and almost criminal that you would obfuscate that or not even address it in this film. David Ray Griffin is a theology professor and a member of the group Scholars for 9-11 Truth. He's also the author of the book Christian Faith and the Truth Behind 9-11, A Call to Reflection and Action. That book is published by the Presbyterian Church's publishing arm. Mr. Griffin joins us from Santa Barbara, California. Mr. Griffin, thanks for coming on. You have no evidence that the government's behind 9-11. And I frankly think it's an awful thing to allege. So again, look, what he, look, look at what he starts with. This is when Tucker is an arm of the mainstream narrative, whether he uh, whether he knew it or not. I mean, look how he started. You have no evidence. Did you read the book? And that's just the Christian faith book. I mean, he published several books on the matter. Did you did you look at any of the Evans Tuck? And, and I really, really wish I could find the Alex Jones, not the first interview he did with Tucker, where Tucker comes on the show via audio, but where he and Tucker are standing next to one another and he shows Tucker uh, a portion of my film, Fabled Enemies, Barry Jennings and Building 7 in particular. You have no evidence. Considering it's not true and you haven't proved that it is. Well, these things have to be uh, determined in terms of evidence. And uh, if you read this book and you read my two previous books, The New Pearl Harbor, and then the 9-11 Commission Report, Omissions and Distortions, you will see there are literally dozens of reasons to disbelieve the official theory about 9-11. I'm not uh, proposing a new conspiracy theory. I'm rejecting the official conspiracy theory that we've been given by the government right. and the 9-11 Commission but the and that the has been used to uh, justify all the activities that have been going on since 9-11. Look, you don't... 100%. Good job, David. Way to go. Thank you. Thank you, sir. I don't like American foreign policy. That's fine. That's totally legitimate. I don't like American foreign policy most of the time. I get that. And I'm not in any way questioning your right to complain about the actions of our government. I'm merely saying it is wrong, blasphemous, and sinful for you to suggest, imply, or help other people come to the conclusion that the U.S. government killed 3,000 of its own citizens because it didn't. So again, there's the assumption. You're not, it's sinful to do this. 
because I don't believe it. And look, man, again, I'm glad that Tucker has had his come to God moment. I'm glad that he's starting to talk about 9-11, Building 7, the CIA. Thank God. Thank God. But look how he treated David Ray Griffin. And look at the straw man arguments that he constantly created in this clip from over 15 years ago. He did this. I would, I would love to see him come out and say, you know, that's one of the more shameful interviews of my entire career. I, I'm sorry I did that. I thought the same thing for the first year and a half. You know, people will say, well, you're a conspiracy theorist, and so therefore you went looking for problems. Uh, the first year and a half, I accepted the official theory and assumed it was blowback for American foreign policy. And uh, when somebody first suggested to me it was an inside job, I said, uh, I didn't think the Bush administration, even the Bush administration, would do such a heinous thing. But then when I finally looked at the evidence, I saw that it was truly overwhelming. Okay, well, let's get very specific, because I wish we had more time, but we don't. You say six of the hijackers may still be alive. What's the evidence for that? Please tell me specifically why you believe six of the hijackers could be alive. Well, this is one of the examples of, of one of the dozens of things the 9-11 Commission simply refused to investigate, even though this was reported by mainline uh, sources in, uh, in uh, England. You had both the BBC and uh, uh, the Telegraph uh, putting out stories. Uh, let's take the one about Walid al-Shira. The 9-11 Commission speculates that he was uh, one on flight 11 who stabbed one of the flight attendants. Right, that's right. And yet several days after 9-11, he came on and announced to the world that he's still alive in Morocco where he's a pilot. So look, I think that number one, people have the same names. Two, Walid al-Shieri um, was allegedly in the United States, Deborah Albritton, is the one that called, called, called the CIA on him. So to me, that's not, although that's an argument that is posited in Loose Change Second Edition, the mainstream media talking about the possibility of hijackers still being alive. It's not something that I included in other works because I think a lot of that was misreporting. All right. I'm not saying that every single one of those things was wrong, but show me the interviews. Remember, Ada's father also said that he had talked to Muhammad Ada right after the attacks of 9-11. I've never seen any evidence of that. I've never seen an interview with the hijackers or any hijacker after 9-11, period. Well, uh, we didn't somehow, get a word of that somehow, from the 9-11 Commission. Yeah, well, you did not get a word of that from the 9-11 Commission, nor did you get a word of it from National Public Radio, the New York Times, the Washington Post, ABC News, NBC News, MSNBC. You Think about all the media organizations that Tucker just listed. Those are ones that now he calls enemies of the state, and he acknowledges are an arm of the agenda, an arm of the great narrative, period. Who are exactly, suggesting but we it, did in, in uh, papers uh, in other... Uh, Right. But I mean, as, as someone who's been in journalism his whole adult life and grown up in a family of journalists, I can tell you people who point to the journalism of Great Britain are almost uh, almost always pointing to journalism with very low standards. Here's my obvious point. You're alleging not simply a cover up by the U.S. government, but by the entire American media. It's totally implausible. Like we would report that if not, that were not, true. 
We would report that. if we're, Think of the irony of this conversation now. The, the media are the control mechanism. He knows that now. He, he may have not known it then. I, I want to believe. I, I want to believe that Tucker Carlson has turned the corner. He has been genuine. He has now become a target uh, of not just the left, okay, but those on the right, the right, that want to be part of this globalist society that is constantly being pushed. And that globalist society cannot have meaningful or substantial dissent disseminated through their Trojan horse civilian systems within the media, which are in abundance. And we're in, in abundance then, period. Tucker, not quite entire, uh, but let me give another example of, okay. uh, of a failure to mention. You mentioned Oliver Stone's movie. Um, although he does not get into the question of who was responsible, when people see this movie, they will see that these uh, towers came down in uh, what is close to classic controlled demolition, the kind that's called implosion, that, can, that is produced by explosives. And first of all, steel-framed high-rise buildings have never before in history come down because of fire or fire plus externally uh, produced damage, what, such as What, what about damage. being hit by jumbo jets? Have they ever come down? No, because they've never been hit by jumbo no, jets No, no. But that's not true again. The Empire State Building was hit. By a large Boeing aircraft. We put that in loose change. Didn't collapse. Didn't collapse. And, and then I'll have people say, well, you know, that person wasn't in a suicide flight. A, a plane hit a building. Plane hit a large skate skyscraper. No collapso. And, you know, th this is even something that I got into when uh, a couple years back now. I did two episodes with Conspiracy Social Club, uh, a.k.a. Sam Tripoli and Brian uh, Callen. And uh, Brian, although, you know, he had his mainstream media talking points, was very receptive to the evidence that I was presenting because I, I wasn't going into the physical anomalies. And instead, I was pointing to um, what I believed were the elements of an international intelligence operation. Okay, that's just how I felt about the entire thing. And when I presented that evidence to him, he it was like, wow, well, I didn't realize this is what you were talking about. And man, that's a great point. And boy, I, I, we've got to talk more. And, you know, even when I brought up the, the Israeli angle and then he brought up, well, you know, how, you know, how can you not miss, how can you uh, stay away from construing that as anti-Semitic? And I said, Brian, it's a nation state. It has policies, Brian. When you can't criticize a nation state and their government and their policies uh, based on religious belief or ethnicity, you have failed. You've totally and completely failed. You can't give passes. And he's like, well, that's a legitimate and valid point. And I was like, yes, it is. But it was, you know, as soon as he brings up the controlled demolition, I'm like, yes, Brian, I, I do believe that. No, that's too far. And I didn't get to present my evidence there. I'd like to. I mean, maybe we should do a physical anomalies broadcast um, with Tripoli and Callan. I think that Brian needs to learn about other subjects other than 9-11 um, at, at a more extensive level. So he might be able to accept, you know, not just 
the blowback theory or, you know, the international intelligence operation, but true insiders within the government that would at the very least cover up what happened to the World Trade Center. And and by the way, I I would assume that it is non-nation state entities, not nation state entities, um, not even intelligence agency entities, but their proxies their plausible deniability partners that rigged the World Trade Center. But under the guise of national security, in case it ever came out, and, and seven is probably the most egregious example of that. Our, well, precedent uh, for this. Tucker, the Empire State Building was hit uh, by during, a, during a World War airliner. II by a prop plane going traveling at one-eighth the speed of these planes. Wasn't a prop plane. Look, I mean, facts matter. But don't this- just... Tucker, the main point is that that buildings like this have never come down because of externally produced damage. And furthermore, Building 7 was not hit by an airplane. No, I'm, I'm familiar so conveniently, with it. I know. And it came, yeah, and but it came all, down. But, you, but Mr. Griffin, I'm sorry. You we're also of- know that. See, he just dismissed Building 7 here. And he knew that. And he is familiar with it. So, yeah, Tucker was a problem. I think he's come around. I think he's come around. I think he's come around downtown. The Tucker, you know that the 9-11 Commission did not even mention in their 571-page yes. report the fact that Building 7 collapsed. I'm, I'm fully aware and, of that. I've actually read a lot that you've written, and here's my bottom line point. And I, I honestly wish, I'm not trying to cut you off, I wish we had more time. You haven't proved the government's behind it, and I, and I hope that our, our viewers will read, you what that? will read what you've written, I, because I've read it. But unfortunately, we're out of time, and I appreciate your coming on. Well, many uh, people think otherwise, Tucker. Yep, we sure do. Apparently they do, and that's sad. No, it's sad that you took this position oh so many years ago. That's really what is sad. Where are my documentaries? Because we got a few more minutes, and I wanted, there it is right there, and I wanted Food to play a little bit from Loose Change Final Cut on the controlled demolition, on the explosions in the towers, and on the eyewitness accounts. Let's just start it right here. Bam. It to melt and it gave way and it toppled. Engineers suspect the temperatures inside the crash areas could have quickly reached well over 1,000 degrees, perhaps approaching 2,000 degrees. What is going on here? Why? Let's see, it just froze up on me. Not that one, sorry. Come back down over here. Again, this, this is when they're giving you the uh, mainstream account. And why are we not? There we go. Physics professor and explosives expert Van Romero. Even if there was no secondary explosives in the building, hitting the uh, having the airplane hit the building where it did, a large amount of weight above the damaged location, um, that damaged location being further damaged by the fire, uh, that uh, structure could no longer support the weight above it, and the collapse ensues. So notice he acknowledges the idea of secondary explosive devices in there. But once you have secondary uh, explosive devices in there, then the planes become obsolete. Then the whole thing falls apart. Then you realize that this is a managed event because if you had those buildings rigged up just to blow up, first of all, you don't blow them up top down. You don't do that. Okay, you blow them up just at the bottom like they tried to do in 93 with the help of the feds, John Antisev and others. So they topple over to the side. Everybody dies in the building. Everybody near it dies on the ground. And you got two of those events. 3,000 people. Okay. 
we're talking about 2,000 uh, and change, 2,700 and change in New York alone, but 3,000 people, that chump change. You're talking about 50 to 100,000 deaths if you just start blowing up the buildings from the bottom and letting them topple over. You got to remember, it's not like they just stopped at ground level. They had like 10 stories below, the subway below, where there's a bunch of evidence that there were explosives used below. Where, let's see, we got the molten metal stuff. There's just so much of it here. I want you to see one of the people that designed the World Trade Center prior to 9-11. I believe he died on 9-11. Talking about how if a plane hit these buildings, it would literally be like a pencil going through a mesh and that the building would be fine. Numerous individuals, including some of the architects themselves would claim that plane crashes were never taken into consideration and that the building was doomed to failure. Total lie. Hyman Brown was the project engineer of the Twin Towers, the man on the ground in charge of making sure the buildings were built right, the way it was designed. Structural steel is fireproof to last between one and two hours, which it did, and then steel melts. Each tower was Not built true. around a central... And by the way, the meme jet fuel can't melt steel beams was because of people like this talking about melting steel beams. It's not because of people like me saying that they uh, they couldn't melt, right? Like, cause that's the thing. They're like, well, you didn't have to melt. They they just became unstable, and then global collapse ensued. Yet you have molten metal at the scene that is not acknowledged by the 9/11 Commission. Period not acknowledged by the authoritative sources in the media. Why? Because they know it's impossible. And once you have that molten metal, again, the story has changed. Core, that core kept the building up, supporting the tower's so-called dead weight. Oh but when God. steel melts, according to Brown, like dominoes, it falls. Brown says that- Like dominoes, when steel melts, it falls. Because all the melted steel in the 90 plus stories that didn't get hit by the plane. All that melted steel. Yeah. Towers were built to withstand 200 mile an hour hurricanes, the 100 year storm, the worst nature could dish out. But he says an airplane crash never oh entered anyone's mind. Lies. However, that's not entirely true. Not true at all. The impact of the planes alone did not cause that failure. In fact, tall building designers try to anticipate air accidents. Mark Loiseau is president of a company called Controlled Demolition. When this structure was designed, it was designed, uh, to the best of my understanding, to take the impact of what was then the, the state-of-the-art airplane being used in our country. What is going on here? I've never had YouTube videos just freeze the video on me. Just freeze it on me. Tree the Boeing 707. The building was designed to have a fully loaded 707 crash into it. That was the largest plane at the time. I believe that the building probably could sustain multiple impacts of jetliners because this structure is like the mosquito netting on your screen door, this intense grid, and the jet plane is just a pencil puncturing that screen netting. So yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, all, all that stuff. Yeah, no, no, no. John Skilling. The World Trade Center's head structural engineer told the Seattle Times after the 1993 bombing that if a plane struck the building, there would be a horrendous fire 
but the building structure would still be there. On August 21st, 2002, the National Institute of Standards and Technology, NIST, commenced their investigation. NIST is a government agency that reports back to the United States Department of Commerce, headed at that point by Donald Evans and later replaced by Carlos Gutierrez, both Bush cabinet appointees. As part of their investigation, NIST contracted Underwriters Laboratories to recreate floor models from the Twin Towers for the purpose of fire resistance tests. We heard about it in the news. We heard about it right away that the floors didn't collapse. Okay, so they tested these huge models. They're models, but they're huge. I mean, one model was essentially the same size and exactly the same as one of the, of the types of floor sections used. And they tested it according to ASTM 119. They exposed it to much longer fire and uh, temper higher temperatures than we know were, were present in the World Trade Center. So right away there was a problem. And that's August of 2004. The final report was released on October 26, 2005, producing over 10,000 pages. It will not explain the actual collapse of the buildings. They only claim to get to collapse initiation and state flatly that it led to global collapse. Just ridiculous. L global collapse. And remember, when we get to the molten metal, John Gross, he just denies that it exists. And even though Rudy Giuliani and a bunch of other guys, I don't know that that exists. And we just showed you the uh, thermals from NASA that show these hot spots. These are the uh, satellite images of the event. And he just, can you send them to me? Can you, I don't know about them. I, I work for NIST. I don't know about them. He didn't want to give his email. He didn't want them sent. He doesn't want the evidence. He doesn't want, uh, you know, a slew of people right now, as you're going to see, um, talking about the, uh, the molten metal and the explosions. Let's see if we can go to just the explosions. That's what we want to do. Okay. Towers. That's hard to, to it's hard to, to see a reason for that within a gravity-driven collapse. Five. Firefighters and eyewitnesses reported a series of explosions before and during the collapses. And we heard the noise associated with an implosion. Secondary explosion on Tower 2. Some sort of explosive device. We're obviously having a bit of trouble right now maintaining our location because we just heard one more explosion. There was another major explosion. Do you know anything about those extra explosions no, we heard? No, I do not. Were they car bombs? I have no idea, ma'am. The string shook and I heard like an explosion. Do you, do you know if it was an explosion or if it was a building collapse? To me, it sounded like it, to me, it sounded like an explosion. We heard a very loud blast explosion. They were taking photographs and securing this area just prior to that huge explosion that we all heard and felt. Not clear now is why this uh, explosion took place when there was some sort of collapse or explosion from street level as though it had exploded up a giant rolling ball of flame and the firefighters screamed run it was this blast of warm air it wasn't hot it was warm and it picked me up and threw me up against the wall of the building i was you were picked physically, up off the ground physically picked up off the ground I remember an explosion at that point i got knocked out i don't remember anything then i got up 
And I looked out the window because the windows exploded and the street below caved in. And at that point, there was like fireballs coming up. An hour later than that, we had that big explosion from much, much lower. I don't know what on earth caused that. About 15 minutes after they made their entry, uh, we heard a boom. I don't know if that was the infrastructure that was going or another explosion. Uh, again, there has been a second explosion. John, just seconds ago, there was a huge explosion, and it appears right now the second World Trade Tower has just collapsed. All of a sudden, I heard rumbling, and we all started running away from it. The glass, like, blew out and threw me onto the sidewalk, and I, I couldn't see for, like, 20 seconds. It was like, it was like, holy hell, coming down upstairs. And then when we, go, we got, finally got to the bottom, we were coming out on a mezzanine level there. And another explosion came right from it because everyone flying. We stuck on the stairs for a while. We finally got down to the lobby. Then we get to the lobby, it was this big explosion. I was real lucky. I don't know what happened to the people behind me when that blast occurred. And uh, it was actually on the uh, 78th floor of the uh, second tower and was evacuating the tower and uh, experienced all these explosions and made his way back down. We presume because of the initial explosion, there may have been secondary explosions as well that were detonated in the building by these terrorists. There was a secondary explosion, probably a device either planted before or on the aircraft that did not explode until an hour later. I heard a second explosion and another rumble and more smoke and more dust. I ran inside the buildings, the chandelier shook, and again, black smoke filled the air. Within another five minutes, we were covered again with more silt and more dust. And then a fire marshal came in and said we had to leave because if there was a third explosion, this building might not last. Eyewitnesses also reported that explosions had taken place in lower levels of both the North and South Tower. They were having coffee in the World Trade Center when the first plane struck. And all of a sudden it sounded like, I don't know where the subway is, but it sounded like a subway collision, a bomb, and it, it, it was just pounding, boom, 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 and I, I literally thought the subway had exploded. And the ladies that are with me were in the World Trade Center on the on, in the first building and escaped through the lobby where they report they believe there was a bomb in the lobby. Just got out of the tunnel, in the pool. The subway tunnel? Yeah. Yes, I was right there. I was in the I was down in the basement. Came down. All of a sudden, the elevator blew up. Smoke. I dragged the guy out. His skin was hanging off, and I dragged him out and I helped him out of the out of, to the ambulance. And when I got up to the concourse level, it was just like, you know, like gunfire, and then and then just three big explosions. And even the turnstile was burnt and was sticking up, and they just told us to run. I heard the first um, explosion. And the elevator blew up. And as we were coming out, we passed the lobby. There was no lobby. So I believe the, the bomb hit the lobby first. And a couple of seconds in the first plane hit. Yep. There's a firefighter who's going to tell you about a secondary explosions as well. Please watch Loose Change Final Cut. It is free. Fabled Enemies is free. Those are my two 9-11 films. As you can see, I still think they are extremely important. Obviously, Invisible Empire and New World Order Defined. And Shade the Motion Picture also extremely important. I want to thank you guys for joining us today on the broadcast. It is Reality Rants. We are Red Voice Media. It's not about left or right. It's always about right and wrong, folks. And I will see you all on the flip side. Love you.